Keenan, tell me two things you love. Uh, board games and uh, Formula One. Well, today's going to be a great episode for you. Because we're doing a Formula One themed board game. Isn't that incredible? One thing we haven't spoken about, Abu Dhabi 2021. I'd rather forget about it. It was distressing and sad and I'd do anything to change the outcome. And maybe I can in this game. You can change the outcome. However, um, there's no outcome to change because, uh, as we all know, Max Verstappen is the two-time world champion and won Abu Dhabi fairly and squarely. Let's remember who we are, David. Let's move on from this before we fall out. Yeah, let's uh, get on the starting grid and um, start the podcast. Hey there. And welcome to the Tabletop Boardcast. A board game podcast where two friends get together and play a game. Or two. Join us at the Tabletop. For the Tabletop Boardcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tabletop Boardcast. We're joined by me, Keenan, and my very good friend, David. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, still a bit disappointed by you thinking Abu Dhabi wasn't won fairly and squarely by Max Verstappen, but uh, I'll live with it. <laughs> Funnily enough, David, I think I'm within the majority. But anyway, let's not talk about that. We are a board game podcast, not a Formula One podcast. Yes, but we are a board game podcast looking at a Formula One-inspired game a game called Downforce, where you can actually change the outcome of a race. And uh, knowing you, I think you might want to change the outcome from Max Verstappen win to a Lewis Hamilton win. But uh, unfortunately, can't do that in real life. Yeah, I'd say you could have a pretty big impact on how the race turns out, actually. Um, but it is also, there's still a little bit of luck. I know we've already mentioned it several times, but for the sake of formality, what, uh, game what are we looking at today? <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Great. We're looking at Downforce. <laughs> So let's actually shift gears and uh, get into downforce. <laughs> downforce. How many Formula One or car or motorsport puns reckon we can get in this episode? Probably a lot. Probably a lot, I reckon. I think it'll be a lot and it will be too many for the audience. So uh, advance apologies for any cringy Formula One based puns or jokes. But uh, what can we say? We like Formula One. We like board games. What you sign up for? We didn't sign up. You subscribed. Or did you subscribe? If you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the game, David? Downforce. It's a Formula One game. It came out in the year 2017, the year that Lewis Hamilton won his fourth world championship. It's about cars. It's about bidding. It's about auctioning. Most importantly, it's about racing. It's a competitive racing game where uh, coming first doesn't always guarantee a win. Put it simply, Keenan, uh, players bid for their cars, race them on a circuit of choice, and then place bets for who they think is going to win. Yeah, for sure. And and the aim of the game is uh, basically to have the most money at the end because as we all know money is king in formula one and yes that is a reference to the hit netflix series drive to survive cash is king i was it cash is king no yeah. i got the reference wrong it's cash is king cash is king as we all know in formula one cash is king right so that, that's the aim of the game the aim of the game is to have the most money um, and the way you win money is either by um placing higher in the race or by getting the bids right Indeed it is, and as Keenan's already mentioned, it's all about how much money you get at the end of the game, not necessarily coming first. Now, Downforce the game has two phases to it. There is a phase one, which is the bidding phase and the auction, and then there is a second phase, which is the actual racing, because who would have guessed there is racing involved in a racing game? But before we dive deeper into those two phases, uh, let's look at what you actually get with the game, Keenan. Yeah, so... Obviously, first of all, you get cars. You get race cars. I think there's six race cars. 
Um, and interestingly, these are not player tokens. You do not need to pick a race car. This is where the first phase comes into play, but we'll get on that later. Um, obviously, you get a racetrack. The base game comes with two racetracks either side of, of, the, of the playing board, and it's huge. <laughs> I recommend playing on a bigger table because it is quite large. Um, and you also get speed cards. Now, these cards account for both your money um, when you're bidding on the cars and also for how many spaces your cars can move when you get to that phase of the game. Um, so to set up, essentially, you need to dish out the speed cards between the players. I think it's I think you can play between two and six people. Yeah, two to six people sounds correct. Uh, it's also worth noting that the cars that come with the game, uh, each car is a different colour. So you've got a red car, a green car, and so on. For sure, they're quite vibrant. One of them, one of them's like a Ferrari. One of them's like a McLaren. It's brilliant. And Aston. Yeah. So you dish up, you dish out the speed cars among the players. Each player then is able to look at their hand. Um, I think if you're playing with two players, it plays differently. I.e., you're not allowed to look at your hand. Um, you have to draw the cards. Kind of because there's only two of you, so your hand is obviously much larger. Um, but yeah, so let's so, say so you play with three or four people, you dish out the cards, um, you're able to look at them. Once each player's got their hand, you um, then place each of the cards randomly on the starting grid. Any order, doesn't make a difference at all. Um, and then you're ready to move into phase one and start the auction. So uh, how, how does the auction work, David? Well, the auction works how you would expect an auction to work. So the auction starts and players start by bidding on a card that has been auctioned off. Now, you might be wondering, how do you know what card's been auctioned off? So before the start of the auction, someone from the group will unveil a Speed 8 card from the deck. And depending on which card is shown, shows which card has been auctioned off, depending on the colour. So say it was green, that would mean that the green card has been auctioned off. But not only is it the green car, it's the Speed 8 card that is attached to the green car and a random power card. So someone who unveils the Speed 8 card will also randomly unveil a power card and that ability is attached to the car. So essentially you are bidding for the car, the Speed 8 card and the power card. Now using their hands, they will select one card. And the number on the card matching the colour of the car that is up for auction represents how much the player is bidding. So let's say that is the green car at auction. I look at my hand and I see a green car on one of the cards and it's got the number five next to it. During the auction phase, that means that I'm bidding five million for the car. If this was phase two, that number means how many spaces I move forward. But for this phase, it's a money value and therefore I'm bidding five million for the car. I'll then place the card down on the table, hidden, and then once everybody is ready, we all unveil our cards, our bids, so to speak, one by one. Now, you will never guess, but whoever has the highest bid wins. I know, mind-blowing. So the person with the highest bid wins the car, the Speed 8 card, and the Power card. Now, the player who won should note down how much they won the car for on the score sheet. And this will be very important after the race, but before the end of the game. All cards that were used in the bid gets returned to each player, and then the next car goes up for auction. And this happens until all the cars have been auctioned. So as the cars are being auctioned off, um, it is important to note that everyone must have at least one car in order to start the game. Um, should there be a scenario where it comes to the last car of the auction and someone doesn't have any cars at all, they will then get given that car. They have to have that car in order to play the game. Yeah, so they, st they still bid on the car, but the other players can't bid. So essentially, you could get the car for dirt cheap. If you have a card with a menu value of 
two or one. Yeah, which hopefully you do. Yeah, and another important thing is, should any player have more than one car, um, basically each player can only use one power card. So if you, during the auction phase, manage to get three cars successfully, obviously those will come with three power cards, you will have to dismiss two because you can only have one for the game. Uh, so you, this is where you need to think really carefully about which ability is going to give you a better edge against your competitors in the race. Yeah, I think I think it's important to go over what the um, the speed cards actually look like, so you have an idea uh, of how the bidding works. Um, so each speed card can have any number of um, of coloured cards up to up to the six. So it might only have four colours. It might have five, three, six, however many. Um, and each car will be assigned a number. So it might be red four, yellow two, black one. There are wild speed cards so these would just have a plain white car um with any monetary value yeah and they can be used for any car that is on the grid and represent any color that you want it to be but you have to declare as you play it which car you want it to be and that is the auction phase the end of phase one um now uh now onto phase two which is where uh, things get a little interesting as, as i mentioned previously during the setup you, you'd randomly place the cars on the grid right but there is one spot um that is labelled first. So whoever owns that car is the car that will start the race. During this phase of the game, the speed cards that are in your hand um, are now used to dictate how many spaces a car will move forward. Um, so again, this could be up to six, this could be as little as one, etc. When you play a speed card, every car that is listed on that card has to move the number of spaces dictated if it can. Um, so you know, that might mean you end up moving other people's cars, um, which is where it kind of gets a bit interesting. Um, so yeah, so on your turn, you will play a speed card um, in your hand and resolve that card. So that just means moving the cards forward as many spaces as, as far as they can go um, in the order that it starts, so highest to lowest. The order from top to bottom indicates the move order for the cards in question. And once that card is resolved, um, that card goes into a discard pile. Obviously, players have their power cards, and if the condition on the power card is met, then that card will activate. So one of the cards is something like, if a car, if one of your cars moves into only rectangular spaces, because the corner spaces aren't rectangular, um, then that car is then able to move forward another two spaces. So if that condition is met, that power gets activated. Um, there's all sorts of other powers that uh, can make this race a little spicy. Yeah, I believe there's one power card which is on everybody's turn. Should your car be able to move, you did you actually move the car yourself? Yeah, which is interesting because um, as you get to the corners, there are um, there are sort of like longer routes to go that use up more move points, or there's shorter routes to go. So obviously, if if you have the power to move your car, and if you're able to do so, you might move the shorter way, whereas someone might move you the longer way to stop you from winning. As the race goes on. There's another function, um, which is the betting system. So this is how you kind of make your money second to winning the race. During the race, when one car goes through one of the betting line, the race is paused only after um, the person whose turn it is, their card is resolved, right? So after this, the race is paused, each player places a bet as to who they think will win the race at that very moment and marks their score on the sheet to indicate who they think will win. Three opportunities to bet on who players might think, uh, think is going to win. Now, this could change... At any point, you might get to the first line and have green cross the line. You might get to the second line and have 
orange cross the line. You might get to the last line, have green cross the line again. You know, just because they cross that line first doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the race. It's all there's a lot of factors that come into play with who's going to win. Well, there's a lot of outside influences which you can't control. Being the one who controls your cars, there's other cars in play, and other people will be placing different cards and speed cards, and uh, if they could end up blocking you if it could end up overtaking you sure yeah the game seems simple but i think there's a lot of strategy involved because there, there there is there's different things you can do on track which makes it interesting yeah so let's speak about the end game as to how the race actually ends and what happens so the race is going on you're placing your bets it's coming to the final corner and then let's say the green car crosses the line end of the game right no 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 the green car crossed the line the race is still going on for all the other people involved and the game ends once all players have crossed the line. But just because, as we've said before, a player finishes first, doesn't necessarily mean they will win the game. Firstly, players mark on their score sheet just how much money they win depending on their finishing position. So if you finish first, you get 12 million. Finish second, you get 9 million. Finish third, you get 6 million and so on. Um, if you come last, uh, unfortunately, you don't win anything. But hey, you should have done better. Uh, next, the players will gain money for successful bets they placed for cars that finish on the podium. So for the three times that you placed a bet, uh, should any of the cars you bet against finish on the podium, then you will get an allocated money allotment for that uh, successful bet. And this will tell you on the score sheet, it will tell you how much money you win. Yeah, the money the money goes down the further on that you bet. So if you get the bet wrong the first two times, but in the last one, um, you know, orange is well clear and you bet on orange to win, um, you get less money for that for that third bet. Yeah, because hopefully by then it's more obvious as to who's going to win. Yeah, you can you can usually tell by the third line. Actually, the line the line comes along pretty uh, like it's about the third line's about halfway over the, like around the track. But yeah, you can <laughs> you can kind of tell by that point. And like I said, the amount they win is indicated on the score sheet. So the payout for the finishing position and successful bets are then added together. But the players will then need to subtract the total at which they paid for their cars during the auction. Uh, so once you've subtracted that number, then the player who has the most winnings is declared the winner. So as we've been saying throughout this whole podcast, just because you finish first doesn't necessarily mean that you will win the game because you may not have the most money at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, and then so yeah, the player who has the most winnings is declared the winner. Um, you can take all your spoils and uh, have a go go do a shoey, have a champagne party, jump in the jump in a swimming pool, that kind of thing. For, for people who don't watch Formula 1, they're not going to get any of this. No, that's half the fun, isn't it? But they will understand how to play the game downforce, and maybe that will spark some interest in Formula 1. And then we've done Formula 1 a great service. Yeah, because it's quite a niche sport, as we all know. Yeah, it's not very popular. No, no, no way. No. no. So this week's table talker, if you can't tell by Keenan's terrible puns and getting information wrong on Formula terrible. One. Terrible. Absolutely. That's ghastly, mate. They're amazing. We've been talking about Formula One. We joked it's an eSport, but it really isn't. It's actually quite mainstream now. Uh, very popular with the young generation, which it hasn't really been for since its incarnation, I would say. Probably got Netflix. Netflix, thank for that, haven't you? Yeah, Netflix Drive to Survive and a lot of the uh, young drivers on Grid, that will probably do it as well. Very Instagram people. Yeah, true, true. We want to know what your favourite element of Formula 1 is. Because uh, it's not just about the racing, it's about the cars, the teams, the drivers, uh, the politics that goes on. Whether that be arguments between the FIA and uh, the team, team principals. principals. <laughs> do you like the science or the engineering? 
Um, the cheating allegations. The cheating allegations. You know, what do you like about it? Or what don't you like about it? You know, maybe this episode we've inspired you to go watch a couple of races. Or maybe we've just put you off, in which case, <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. And also, what do you guys think about Abu Dhabi 2021? Tell That's us not, below. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> don't. We're not even going there. I, I'm not. No, I, I'm ending it. <laughs> Can we continue on with the board game? I don't think that Downforce is that difficult to play. I think it's pretty family friendly. It's got nice colours. It's easy to follow. There is there is uh, there is like elements of strategy in in terms of an order in which you play your cards. There's some corners that are only enough space for one card to get through. So if that car if there's a car in front of you. Um, and you're moving a car that's supposed to move more spaces than it can because it can't get past as one car. <laughs> that's like a waste of a move, isn't it? Or, you know, alternatively, that might be a great move if it means you block someone else's car and you stop them from, from getting any further. Like, you know, there is there is strategy to this game which does add an element of difficulty, but it is pretty simple. It's simple, but it's really fun. Yeah, and one common strategy to do is when you get handed your hand of cards, uh, look for which car colour appears most often because that would normally dictate to you as to which car you should probably try and auction to get hold of. Yeah, that's what I mean. If you if you've got mo you know, all your top ones, if they're all yellow, you're not gonna buy a red car, are you? Well maybe you are, maybe you are, I don't really know. Yeah, you play this game however you like. Yeah, let people buy what cars they want, Keenan. If you got the money, go for it. <laughs> So we spoke at length about what uh, this game is downforce, but um, I think it's safe to say we both like the game, don't we, Keenan? Uh, unquestionably, yes. Undoubtedly, unquestionably, Un- undoubtedly, yes. Took me a while to get there, but yes, yeah, I love it. I think it's a it's a good game. Um, you'd think that it can get pretty formulaic, it can get pretty samey, but obviously, no game is the same, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, every every race is different. The starting grid is different. The cars that you have are different. The cards you're dealt are different. You might use a different power. Like, there's so many different things that, that can affect the race in question. No, no one two race is is the same. You've got quite a tense feeling in it, as if you're you know in an actual race. It's not a slow game to play, is it? No, it's... like there's not really any instances where it stops. So apart from when you're writing down like on the score sheet, and that's only a few seconds, really. Yeah, it's continuous. Like each player is forever playing cards. Cars are forever going forward on the track. It keeps you yeah, engaged. For sure. For sure, and you could e- you could easily do like a, a game in like twenty minutes. Um, I, I, d- I don't know if the rules talk about this either, but um, you could do like an actual F one thing and do like a like a championship to a season. You could do like three to five back to back races. Well, it's interesting you say that, Keenan, because there is an actual championship mode with the game. Well, there you go then. <laughs> That's what I thought. I how, how how does that play? I don't I, I didn't I didn't catch that part of the rules. No, well it's not called championship mode. I believe they call it world tour, which um, I've actually put in my notes as a, a bit of a negative about the game, but I'll say it now since it's come up naturally. Um, it's a bit misleading the world tour because there's two circuits. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you could really yeah. call it a world tour. No, it's like a, I mean it's a table tour, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So basically, what it is is you will instead of doing just one race and have that be the game. 
you would do one race and then keep all the points and like the score you've got from that first race and then you would do the second circuit that being the second race and then you would add the two together oh so it literally isn't even a world tour it's just two races well well there's only two circuits how can it be well, a world tour i mean i guess you could just repeat the circuits again <laughs> that's what i mean it's a bit misleading in formula one we had the british grand prix and then we had the 70th anniversary grand prix like it's the same track but that was during the pandemic keenan yeah i mean yeah true i mean all right okay great <laughs> no one could leave Inval- <laughs> invalid point all right fair enough all right yeah <laughs> um oh no the long distance oh yeah 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 yeah. this one i do know about so yeah so they the, the, the suggest an additional um gameplay which is long distance mode um uh, this essentially rather than being the first one to cross the line it's whichever car gets the furthest um because once all the cards that are in everybody's hands have been played yeah, so you need to play every card, resolve those cards, and whichever card gets the furthest is the winner. And obviously this is where things like blocking and like, you know, maybe moving along a longer part of the track, so therefore using up more moves, really comes you know, could could be like a you know, could be crucial. Like could that can make the difference. I think I like the I think I pref- I might prefer the long distance one. Because it, it sort of encourage it encourages you to use all your cards. If it's just first to cross the line i mean there might even be some cars that don't make it across the line because of all these other you know factors occurring yeah it's quite a pleasing game to look at quite well designed quite bright vibrant and colorful there is more color on these cars than there are on actual f1 cars nowadays yeah so we like the game we like the different modes that are included with the game but like i say the world tour is misleading but uh i won't go any more into that I'm actually quite offended, actually. That's called a world tour because it's just not a world tour, is it? <laughs> but there we go. Should be like a double um, header or something. Uh, the thing that really makes this game all it is is the strategy. As Keenan said at the beginning of the podcast, there is a bit of luck in terms of what cards you get dealt with and even where the cars are positioned in their starting grids because obviously that's done randomly. Um, yeah, you do that before you even bet on the cars. So maybe you know you you might be able to bet on cars that starting first if you think that'll give you an advantage i don't know you know there's there's so many different ways you can you can think of this and and, and approach a, a race but the strategy isn't too complicated either it's more common sense which again appeals to the family friendly nature of the game because it doesn't take a genius like you don't have to know everything about formula one to know the different strategies to play this game it's literally a case of which cars on my cards have i got more often oh i've got yellow more often so i'll probably bid on a yellow car to ensure i get it so i can move longer and further on the track than the others yeah it's definitely it's very family friendly word of advice if you are going to a cafe to play this game make sure you get a big enough table uh don't do what <laughs> yeah. we did which is try playing it on a really small table and and then the lovely people <laughs> saw us struggling uh and then moved us to a bigger table moved so. us to a bigger table yeah They're very very kind of them very kind of them yeah the board is huge it does overhang it's <laughs> actually one thing i don't like about this game the box is massive right and that's pretty much all entirely to fit the board in. Once you take that board out, there's only one deck of cards. There's only one. There's only like six driver plaques, and then the little tote, the little car tokens. The box is extremely empty. Speaking of the box, um, and you just mentioned it, the, the driver plaques. What's the point in them? Because I think they look more like coasters for a coffee table. Yeah, well, I guess I guess the point of them is to you can see which drivers you own. You know, you take the plaques, you go. I know I have I'm yellow and black, but I agree. Well, surely you would know what cars you own based on which ones you ticked on the betting sheet. They are a little irrelevant, and I guess they also could have been smaller. You could have maybe given like a cardboard token of a color. You could have given like a red token, you know. Um, so yeah, 
there's, there's, there's a couple question marks there. Why did the box need to be so big? There'd been another solution. Maybe use less packaging. You know what I mean? Um, that's a little bit questionable. Maybe so you can put the expansions in there. I'm not sure. Well, if you take the insert out, you probably could fit the expansions. We've seen some incredible box design previously. That opening this to find Mysterium. Two... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Open... sorry to call them. <laughs> what's the What's the previous episodes? Um, opening this to find just two, uh, basically an empty box with one little pack of cards in and some driver plaques and some cars. It's a bit disappointing. I, you know, like I said I just feel like it may, might be a little bit waste of packaging. Yeah, one thing I don't like about the game, uh, since I think we're now onto the negatives, um, I've said it before and I will say it again. You can't describe a game mode as a world tour when there's only two <laughs> You really don't like this, so this why, idea, do you? No, but also I just think there should be more circuits included. Now, I know there's expansions and we'll get onto the expansions in a bit. However, two circuits and they're not really that different if i'm being honest there's not like a new it's not as if there's like jumps involved yeah i just think there could be more circuits included because then i think you would get more replay out of it but and you'd get more of a world tour as well yeah i get it's like a catch-22 isn't it because i yeah okay maybe they could have included more circuits but what would be the trade-off for that would the circuits be smaller you know would the box get even bigger and i you know use up more of that packaging that you don't really need to use well i don't think you need the insert so you take the insert out and then you put two boards in there each board have two sides and those sides each have a different circuit on it i'm just saying it's not much to ask for uh and then another thing just a tiny niggle we're going on about space and helping the environment uh the betting slips um they're single-sided I think you could easily have done double-sided or just do them as whiteboards. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, again, I agree. Um, because it's going to get to a point where you run out of the betting slips anyway, and then, then what do you do? Yeah, unless you, unless you use a pencil, maybe. Unless you use a pencil to rub it out. But yeah, that I feel like paper scorecards are uh, outdated. And, I, you know, this game did come out in 2017. So maybe that's a trope that had only just started to come through then. I'm not sure. <laughs> So, as I briefly mentioned earlier, there are expansions to this game. There's only been two expansions, though. So I don't know how successful they've been with the last expansion coming out only in 2020, but there was a pandemic that we know about. But anyway, um, what are the two expansions, Keenan? Yeah, so the first one that came out was uh, Danger Circuit in 2018, which introduced two new circuits. Oh, there's the circuits. Right. There they are. There they are. They came out and they came out in the expansion. Clever people. They know what the people want. They want circuits. That's what they've done, yeah. They they, they listened to your call. They wait, they were years ahead of you. Five years ahead of you. Um they've introduced two new circuits and um they've added a new function in the circuits, which is that parts of the track overlap with one another, um, which might make the whole blocking um very interesting. In addition to two new circuits, Danger Circuit also introduced six new power cards, um, I guess just to really mix up that gameplay element. Then in 2020, we were blessed with two new circuits. Isn't that incredible? Or It's always two circuits, it's isn't it? It's always two circuits, yeah. This was the expansion Wild Ride. Um, and again, these circuits introduced some new features, um, like ramps. Um, I'm not entirely sure how the ramps work. I haven't had a chance to play them. And also wild animals. I don't know, how does that work? <laughs> So I believe on track there's like animals and you have to dodge them. Ah, right, yeah, because <laughs> so it like make so it like makes the so like you have so it like restricts where you can go. Okay. I think, or, or like you can't land. I don't know. Like, I guess that's kind of that's kind of cool. But do you know how much these expansions are going for? On average, let's say twenty pounds. I think as expansions, these make perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to introduce new tracks. 
Um, I kind of agree with you that it's a bit sad. Maybe there wasn't more tracks in the in the base game potentially. Um, I, but it's, I like that they've tried to add new elements. It gives you a reason to come back to these new tracks. They're not just the same circuit with a slightly different layout. There are new things in them. Well, that's what it's like with the original game. I mean, mm. if they want you to come back, but if they want you to put down an extra 20 yeah. quid. Sure, but I, I, <laughs> But anyway, those are the expansions. Uh, we haven't had time to play them, but I'm sure if we do one day, we'll hop back on the microphone and let you know what we think. They're not, they're not bad ideas. They're good ideas. I wonder if they could if there was, you know, what other expansion ideas they could do, like maybe the introduction of new cars. Make your own track. Make your own track. Make your own track is a incredible one. Like you could just give you could give them like different pieces of a track and you could put it together, and then boom, then then you've got you know infinite possibilities. Basically, Keenan, what you're describing here is uh, Skeletrix. Skeletrix, yeah, or like a train set, like a. Well, no, because that's trains, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, the same idea of putting a track together, right? Hornby, it's Hornby trains. Yeah, I always call I always called it Harby. I know it's I know it's. Hornby. Actually, back in the day, it used to be called Hornby Railway. Actually, um, oh, and then they it. changed okay, to uh, David. We're Hornby we're a board mechanic. game pod- We're a board game podcast, not. A f- so I think overall we both like the game. Am I? Correct in assuming that? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I, I like this game. Um, maybe got a few more downsides to other games, but as an entry-level game, family-friendly, it's brilliant. You know, it's simple, it's fun. It's a fun way to pass 20 minutes, and also, if you're into Formula 1 or into racing, it's a racing game. It does give you that that sort of same, or a very similar thrill of like, oh, I'm going to win this race, What's oh, no, what's going to happen, that kind of thing. Yeah, it makes you want to get on the podium, it wants to make you get on the starting grid, wait for the lights, and off you go. You like it, but you were let down by some of the features. No, I like it. I just think they could have done a lot more. And I don't think the driver plaques... I, I don't think I need coffee coasters with the game. But there we go. Yeah, it's a fun game. I enjoy every game we've played. Don't think I actually won one. I came close to winning one. But uh, that's not <laughs> me being bitter in the slightest. So in let's just move on. Let's just end this episode here. <laughs> yeah, so that has been our review of... Uh, downforce that's been the end of the race which means unfortunately it's the is the end of the podcast thank you all very much for listening to another episode of the tabletop broadcast if you liked what you heard please go back and listen to more follow us on our socials at uh, the tabletop broadcast on instagram follow us on your podcast platform of choice spotify apple follow us on whatever you fancy um i've been keenan this has been my co-host david co-host i'll call you my co-host this has been uh my good friend david <laughs> we are both avid formula one fans thank you very much catch you next time uh where we're going to be playing two games again. Whoa. It's been ages since we've done two games. But yes, the two games we're looking at are Last Message and Spyfall. So look forward to that one. 